fright rags, horror apparel, and accessories. <laughs> if you're a horror fan, then Fright Rags is the place for you. Fright Rags has been bringing you the best in horror apparel and accessories since 2003. Officially licensed collections, including fan favorites such as Halloween, The Evil Dead, Creepshow, and tons more. No matter what type of horror you are into, Fright Rags has you covered head to toe. Offering a wide range of exclusive products from your favorite creature features, slasher flicks, and cult classics. Metal Hand of God listeners get 10% off when they use the code MHOG10 at the checkout. So don't miss out on your favorite horror apparel and accessories you can only get from Fright Rags. That's fright-rags.com. And remember, use MHOG10 at the checkout for 10% off your purchase at frightrags.com. <laughs> This is Saul Borg Destructo, and you're listening to MHOJG Podcast. God damn it, mouthful. Ah! the Metalhead of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and that flatulent bastard is... Wayne! No, you're lying! I'm the rum guy. That's right, that's right. And today, on the show, we have a guest. Are you surprised? No, no one's not surprised we have a guest today. Today we have Mr. Travis Hotar joining us on the show. He is the uh, proud owner of Omega Level Omega Level Toys, right? I said it right, right? Yes, Omega Level Toys and Comics technically. But and comics too. I leave okay. off the and comics part sometimes. Well I I, I was yeah. gonna say and collectibles. I didn't you know I wasn't sure that the comics was on the end of that one. So that's why I was gonna say collectibles so, to kind of do the end. It is. And I mean if you want I can just jump right in and give you a I guess a brief little story of how that name came about. Yeah, yes, that'd go be for awesome. it. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, because originally, like, well, to be honest with you, I've been selling toys since like 2000, and it's all just been on eBay and stuff like that. And I'd gone to shows, but never participated in them. And so then I started working shows with friends. And meeting different people and selling their stuff on consignment. And I was like, man, you know what? I like selling, but I'm selling other people's stuff. And then I'm, I'm hindered by their taste. Right. So, like, if somebody asked me to sell something, 
and it's not something I'm into or it's not in my wheelhouse, it's like, ah, but I don't want to say no. So then I got to figure it out. So it, it's a little challenging there. And I thought, you know what? I could just do this. I could, I could sell my own stuff. But I didn't want to be big. I just wanted to, to be honest, I was tired of looking for toys myself because first and foremost, I was a collector. And then I had a few buddies, small circle of friends who were also collectors and that I seemed to fare a little bit better looking for these collectibles than they did. So I'd help them out. And uh, then I thought, well, if I start ordering, I can order a case. You know, that'll take care of a couple people. But then more people wanted more sets. So it's like, well, I'll have to do a little bit more a little bit bigger and then eventually it was you know what why don't i just make this thing why don't i just go all out and take a chance and so that's what i did uh, i wanted to create a a toy store and a collectibles destination for the collector you know i don't okay. the, the biggest frustration of collectors that i see is Man, there's all of these different places to get collectibles. Walmart, Target, Walgreens, uh, JCPenney. Like, you can get them from practically anywhere. I'm surprised that the gas stations don't have But you can't find the one you want because they don't order enough. They don't care about you as the collector. They care about, well, let's fill this peg. Let's knock it out, and then let's move on. I've worked in retail since I was 18. Well, since I was 16. So I get it. Sure. But that's not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the collectible destination for the collector. And then I needed something comic-y in the name. And I was trying to avoid being biased one way or the other with the big two, Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. So what I thought was, well, Omega-level toys and comics, the O in Omega could be the O from Dark Side, that Omega. And the comics is spelled C-O-M-I-X, because at one point, I wanted the end of the logo to be the X from the X-Men. So it was kind of representing Marvel and DC equally to give the message that we're just in it for collectibles. We don't care what your preference is. All are welcome. Wow, that's cool. That is Y'all cool. got to forgive me. I am long-winded as hell when I start talking about myself. So if you I need am... to shut up for a second, just let me know. No, Absolutely you're good. No. That's perfect. I, but I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the collectible end. I mean, what was your? I mean, everybody has a reason to start collecting to start with. I mean, what okay. what what was yours? Was 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 it uh, action figures? Was it cars? What, was it what lit you fire? Right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah. What, what, yeah exactly. So, as a child, I had a decent action figure collection. Uh, I, I'm a kid of the '80s, so I had E-Man. I had Star Wars. A little bit of GI Joe. Didn't care much for Transformers. I know that's blasphemous to say, ah. but I was I wanted to be in the moment playing with my toys. And it took too damn long to transition scenes in the fight because <laughs> this dude's got to turn into a truck, you know? Sure, sure. I, I, hey, that's a, that's a complaint on a lot of fronts. So, so I, I get it. So you were a lazy so, kid. Okay, next. <laughs> I, can, I can appreciate the aesthetic and, and in having handled some Transformers lately, mm-hmm. uh, both official and third party i can see the appeal now but as a kid it just didn't do it for me but anyway i digress that was toys that as a child i was ripping open and these were getting heavily played with which probably could have completely funded omega level toys and comics from the ground up had i kept them but you know you don't think about that when you're a child just think oh he-man skeletor ninja turtles whatever so then when i got into junior high uh, I kind of stopped messing with the toys a little bit 
mm-hmm. just I, I was dealing with homework and school and hanging out with my friends. And so mostly the toys I played with with my brother. And then we kind of got a little distant for a minute. And uh, mm-hmm. then I remember in junior high one day, a guy walked into social studies class. And he, he was just a bully for, for no reason. Uh, and liked to mess with me. I mean, I'll just be straight up. He fucked with me every day. Uh, and on this particular day, when I got to class, I walked in the door and he just jabbed me right in the stomach. Uh, and I was exhaling, so <clears throat> lost all my breath. And he was worried that I was going to rat on him, which I wasn't. I don't do that. But uh, even then, I didn't want to go and tell on people because that's just a bitch move. So I was just going to take it and which is also a bitch move, but he, uh, <laughs> he grabbed a stack of trading cards and he threw, like, shoved them into my hands and said, take these and don't say shit. So I got to my desk, put my head down, acted like I didn't feel well, and what he had handed me was the Skybox Series 1 X-Men trading cards. Nice. All ah. are uh, full set missing one card. And wow. by the way, this is all in the Laplace where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And we used to have a comic shop in Laplace many years ago called Comic Cosmos. I don't know if either of you guys remember that far back or are aware of it. Um, they were a big deal in the 80s in like the local comic scene. But then I think in the early 90s, they ended up shutting. Well, no, mid 90s, they ended up shutting down. Hmm. Um, but so he handed me that whole stack. I just started reading and just absorbing this knowledge like it was. It, it was, I don't know what, I can't even put it into words. It was just so fascinating reading these bios, these aliases, team affiliations. These people don't get along with these people. This guy is sometimes a good guy, but sometimes he's a dick. Like this whole, I'd be saber tooth, but this whole <laughs> hierarchy of characters. And then I'm missing one fucking card. So when I got home from school, ran up to the comic shop, guy had the missing card. It was an archangel from a Danger Room nine-piece puzzle page. Got it. And from that point, I wanted to read more X-Men. So then I started buying comics. Nice. Uh, specifically, because as a kid, people would give you comics like, hey, found this at the gas station. And yeah. It was like Atlantis Attacks, part three of 12. And I'm like, I don't even know these people, much less what's going on. But I got to jump, jump in on some great X-Men stories, because that was, that was my gateway, was X-Men. Oh, okay. That was a gateway for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So straight from the Jim Lee stuff into the the Age of Apocalypse, which is having a huge resurgence in popularity now. And I I don't know about you guys, but as far as X Men stories go, it's one of my fucking favorite. I'm so glad that they made yes. toys from it. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, a lot of people are hating on that wave because of that Sugar Man build a figure. But I tell you, every order I get, few cases, I'll bust one open and put together the build a figure. Just call it on-the-job training or just call it boredom and I own a toy store. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll put one together and just put it in the case. And you got some people that just want to buy it that way. But sure. that Sugar Man one, man, it's solid. It's well-articulated. It's well-detailed. The character's hideous, but it looks just like the character. It's a great figure that people are going to regret not getting right now. Well, that's, uh, you that's know, something for you to pick up, Wayne. Nah, <laughs> no, I'm good, dude. I, I stopped. Look. I stopped a long time ago buying Marvel and DC stuff because there's way it's a, it's too a- and there's way too fucking much. Says the pop guy. Right. Well, I stopped. 
I, I only buy like a few now. Every once in a while, I well, buy sure. one. Oh, sure. Sure. Just but, a few dozen. Sure. No, I can quit whenever I want. That is not true. <laughs> um, but no, really, like like for Marvel and DC, like when I was doing, uh, even when I was doing, uh, what is it? The, um, oh God, what is the big line yeah. that's out? No, no, the big line for Marvel, uh, le- oh. the Legends. Marvel yeah. Legends. When I was doing Legends for a long time, I I had I had from from wave one all the way to I don't know ten or so I think I don't know Which how many wave one. Uh fuck I don't remember dude. It's like when they first started I guess like I had the Spider Man ones from twenty twenty nine I had uh, the ones prior to that I can't even okay remember. so the the Spider Man classics mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about. Yeah, I had those. And then Marvel Legends Wave One was what was in it? Now this this is Toy Biz Wave One. No, no, no. Prior to Toy Biz, the the ones that were in the damn um, the plastic blister packs. So you're talking about the even older? Yeah, yeah. The first, yeah, the first run, first run. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I got I had a bunch of stuff, man. You know, I had all kind of stuff, but I just I just couldn't keep up. I was just spending money and throwing stuff away it's same with star wars it did the same thing and i just i just lost interest it, because it was but it so becomes expensive. a passion though doesn't it it, oh, it really does i mean and and that's a, that's what's a great thing about collecting and uh and for uh stores like yours uh that uh, a collector as you said can go in there and you can find the stuff yeah that's fantastic. Right. there's there's a lot of things that i would love to collect but even when i go into certain toy stores, i can't find the stuff that i would right. be looking for because right. I want to, I want to get the stuff back that that I don't have anymore. Well, yeah. you know, just just a few pieces. You know what I mean? And but favorites, yeah, yeah, like- the favorites, the ones that you're like, man, that would be awesome to have. See, I, I've got the, I've got the one Voltron, but I want the other Voltron. I never had the other Voltron. Well, which one did so you? I- which one you have? I have the the original, the well, the the gigantic one that was metal. With the, you, with, but but yours is the lions or the cars? Mine's the lions. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't have the car one, and I want the cars. Yeah, the car. But one's they had cool. they had a big one that was the cars too, but it yeah. wasn't really made as well. But I still wanted it, you know. GameStop just got a new one. Oh yeah, a new Voltron. Like a uh, yeah, a refurb one. Uh, not a refurb, but a re-release type thing. Yeah, like a re-release. Yeah, it's the I, five I, individual pieces. And then uh, at my shop <clears throat> next week, we're going to have the Super 7 Voltron action figure. I don't know if y'all are familiar with what Super 7's doing in that 6-inch scale. Uh-uh. I don't know about the 6-inch stuff, but I do. I love Super 7 stuff, dude. They're fucking incredible. Well, yeah. You know, they've got the 3 and 3 quarter reaction, which, yeah. you know, don't. I, I'm going to get to that, too. But uh, their 6-inch line is called Ultimates. Okay. And so... They come in a window box, <clears throat> really detailed back artwork, usually a lot of accessories, great sculpt. The figure itself costs $45, so it's a little high-end for an action figure. But <clears throat> it's it's like the, the pinnacle of going from your average legend to like a, a suit, an SH figure arts. It's in between. Gotcha. It's still an action figure. It's still got all that articulation, but it's got that level of quality, very close, bordering on figure arts. Yeah. Like, and so like, they're doing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying more more along the lines of almost like a uh, a statue 
but with articulation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, great detail. And so they're doing a lot of different lines at the same time because they have such a high price point. The most they release in one wave is like four. Right. You know, because I mean, that means one wave is going to cost you two hundred dollars once you factor in tax, shipping, gas, whatever you want to call it. But so they're doing Ninja Turtles and they're re-releasing like the they look they're the characters from the cartoon, but they're better articulated than the original toys. They're better sculpted than the original toys, but they still have that same cartoon feel. Uh, and they're also forty five dollars in that window packaging. Thundercats. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling has a series coming out. They've already announced the first two waves. Um, Conan. And then they do a lot of different random ones like the Toxic Avenger. We just sold out of our order of the Glow in the Dark Entertainment Earth exclusive that was meant to be a San Diego exclusive this year. And we've got the regular one coming in next week. Uh, And then he's the one 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 I want now. The Voltron is next week. And so it's this six-inch fully articulated. It's not going to break down into the the individuals. It's going to be Voltron in his warrior form. But it, it it's drawn like straight out of the comics. And he's a fully articulated version as opposed to where sometimes you get him in the arms or stiff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Tra- they only move in one, like five points of articulation. Travis, I'm going to tell you this right now, man. Uh, if you get a hold of that Toxic Avenger again, let me know. Because that's the I wanted the toxic. I didn't know that's what it was. I kept seeing it online, but I didn't know what it was. So if you if you get if you get a one, let me know. I'm gonna come pick it up from you. Okay. Well, I got the regular one this week. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to get more of the glow in the dark. I mean, I'll I'll probably end up buying both of them from you, but yeah, for sure. You, okay. you, do you know what my my main passion though for when I was a kid collecting that I had so many different ones. I I obsessed. A lot of people did more. Of like the anime stuff, like I had a couple pieces. Like I had mm. the Voltron, I had the yeah. BattleTech stuff, I had uh, the 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 statue of Speed Racer's car and shit like that. But I collected the. I always went out and bought the the action figures from television shows. Yeah, I love those, dude. Like the old Mego stuff when they came out with like uh, uh, say like the Dukes of Hazard shit and the like the the chip yeah. stuff. Yeah, I love that stuff. I still to this I, day like I have a few of the uh, the Dukes figures, like the small ones somewhere. I have mm-hmm. a couple of them. I had the MacGyver stuff. I had the A Team stuff. <laughs> the A Team, yeah. I, I, I had that. I had the A Team stuff. The A Team had a map that was sick. I mean, yep. thinking back to it now, it was probably like <laughs> you know twenty by twenty or something like oh, that. Oh, dude, that's badass. Inches inches obviously but it was it was supposed to be like a an outdoor like safari type thing and there was a river and it came with something obscene like 88 pieces yeah and there was like a canoe and oars and you could set up a campfire there was it was ridiculous yeah like i I remember i had the i had the board game for a team i remember when i got that fucking thing dude i was so so excited to get it it was ridiculous who was your favorite character in a team It, it was mr t all right, what about you, Rum? Well, I dressed up like Mr. T for Halloween, but my favorite <laughs> character was You couldn't do that now. Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch, Murdoch was mine, dude. Murdoch was definitely my favorite. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, yeah. why can't I do it now? Gee, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was difficult. Fool. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. I bet it was. So... What do you think if you guys do you guys still have any of that kind of stuff like from the oh. little TV shows? Yeah, dude, I have a bunch of stuff still. I mean, so la- tell me what not- do you think is the 
pull one out of your hat. What is the most unique one you have? Uh, like I always say, my most unique piece that I have is a, I want to say 19, I don't know. I don't even know the age on it, to be honest with you. But it, it was it was my father's toy, and it was a, it's a little bitty, like uh, maybe three and a half inch uh, Howdy Doody. And the back of his head has a little plastic lever on it. You can move it up and down, and it moves his mouth. It's that's probably one of the the rarest pieces that I have left. Wow! Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I think it beats mine, but I'm going to go ahead and throw mine out there anyway. I have uh, a carded three and three quarter action figure of Klinger from Mash. Dude, that's oh, awesome. that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. There is a local collector. You guys probably know him. His name's Steve Kearney. And Wayne, you might have seen him yeah. uh, around. Um, the, the dude's got a super impressive, like, off-the-wall collection. <laughs> Hopefully he listens to this and hears it. But, I mean, he'll go from superpowers to uh, the million, like the $6 million man nice. and, and Brave Star and Robotech. Love and, Brave Star. You know what? Uh, downstairs, I think mine—the only one I can, th- one of the ones I can think of offhand—I think it's still downstairs—is uh, I had uh, Higgins from, uh, oh, still dude. from Magnum PI. I used to have all the Magnum nice. PI stuff. That's cool. But, ah, and he came with awesome. two dogs. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yep. So that was cool. But yeah, man, that, that's what's great about that stuff. Was especially now that I'm an adult. As a kid, you want to rip into it. You want to, you know play with it but as an adult now the nostalgia just you can see the appreciation on the 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 in the packaging itself the stuff they used to a lot of times they'd write little stuff on the backs of those cards too so you had like storyline or and right. weird like bios of the character that was inside the the you know the packaging is itself you know and right helping you uh, expand the universe in your own mind like yeah. sure forcing you to be creative and imaginative like where is that these days yeah, and and that's I, I appreciate that now because I, I I really, you know, uh, I think that's that's something that uh, as you get older, it, it's something you look back on and be like, you know, what? that was happy times. I like yeah. that. I want to stare at it because then I look at it and it makes me happy. I don't have to play with it. I can just stare at it. It makes me happy. Yeah. So that's cool. Now you see what my what my kid is is like. I know these days most kids want to play with the newest, biggest thing, like the fucking, you know, iPad and the cell phones and all that. But with my son, I constantly, like, he has these, you know, like, that, that kid on that's on YouTube, Ryan, who has all their little, you know, he's got all yeah. these little things you can buy and shit for him. Well, my son likes to watch him, so I make sure that he gets toys. You know what I'm saying? Like, action figures, because I don't want the action figure culture to die with us. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, most people uh, that are in their, I don't know, I want to say even even like the age of 18, those kids that are 18 now, most of them don't remember playing with action figures. If you talk to them, like they they're kind of like, I don't remember anything. You know, the the closest thing they had was um, maybe Power Rangers. You know. Yeah. And and it sucks because they don't have that 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 level of like enthusiasm as we do, and it's it's kind of like we need to like drill that into people's these kids' heads, man. You got to go and get those things. Those things are awesome, you know. Yeah, you know, I have a I have a cousin who's got a, a a really nice vintage collection, 
He's he's about twenty years older than I am, but he's got a great finish. He's got stuff like uh, uh God from like old movies, like James Bond action figures. Yeah, and, those were cool. And uh, Steve McQueen and shit like that. And he's got all these cool stuff. And he was smart. He he would get it for Christmas. He didn't open it. Right. He just he just like propped it up against his wall, so he had it around his room. I'm like, man, that's just money sitting there now, dude. Yeah. No kidding. Talk yeah. about ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like um, that was like uh, God. Who was the guest that was on Rum that was telling us that uh, it was um, uh, Ben Ben uh, Scribbins from um, 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 Fright Rags from Fright Rags. Oh, Fright Rags. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He he was telling us that uh, um, didn't he his his mom funded his entire schooling from well, like his action figures. Yeah, yeah. Like she, so, yeah. she went and found some. Uh, action figures that were on sale and she bought them all. It was all Star Wars stuff. And she would give him one or two for Christmas every once in a while. He'd get to go pick in and, and pick one. And yeah, they were all in the hall closet. Yeah. She had them just stacked <clears throat> in there in boxes. And he said wow. and he said once he got to college age, there were still hundreds of these things still in the package. So she went in and sold them all and paid for his entire college career with that. That's awesome. Is that insane, dude? <laughs> yeah. That's that's a great way. See, and it, it goes to show you that things like this can be a good investment if you if you right. do it right. You know, right. right. But you have to keep that culture alive. And stores, uh, store the stores like you have there. Uh, I mean, that's one of those things that's going to help keep that collectible culture alive. Yes, it has to. You know, I mean, even when times get tough, as they are now, um, people still need. They still need to fill uh, oh, an emotional void when it comes for their collection. And it is. It's an emotional thing, usually. You just don't get it and don't give a shit about it. You right. Usually, if you collect something, you have a, a, a passion about it. You have a feeling about it. And people need to have that. And if it's a tangible item, it makes it even better. You know, And, and people need that, especially now, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would agree. I mean, how how is this? Be there for that. Yeah, is to, it has this whole thing hit you kind of hard though? Well, so the evolution of Omega Level Toys and Comics was it started off with me in, in the apartment that I had with my brother, just with a stack of boxes and driving mm-hmm. stuff around the people. I had like maybe eight or nine devoted collectors that I'd order for, and I'd, I'd literally just drop it off. I've been in their houses, you know. Sure. Um, and then he, it evolved into me trying my hand at some of these shows, uh, and that's a lot of fun. But then I started to try to expand, and then the, some of the fun was gone because there's a lot of work that goes into when you expand. Just and, and I mean expand in the literal sense. Go from a 10 by 10 space to a 10 by 20. Your whole layout's got to change. Your whole approach has got to change. You've got to devote more time to preload in and things like that. And so it had become challenging. Not that I wasn't going to do it. I was just starting to adapt. Uh, and then this opportunity came along to, to open this shop, to partner with Tim Stoddard and showcase comics and have an actual venue to come to, to, to grab things, you know? Uh, And and so we, we made a big deal out of it. Like we did showcase con, which was on the 28th, you know, once every four years, something like this comes. And then the very next day we, uh, we opened the shop. So, and it was, it was a very soft opening because I still had fucking boxes everywhere. Like we unloaded from showcase con, 
uh, let me back up. We loaded the U-Haul in Metairie with everything from my storage unit. We went to Showcase Con, unloaded that morning, half the U-Haul, because I always go way too much. Sure. Do the show, load it back up, go eat dinner, go to the shop, unload the entire U-Haul so we can return it in the morning, slept in the shop, got up the next day, returned the U-Haul, and then just started putting stuff together. I thought I could get it 100% ready to go in the matter of 24 hours, but... That didn't happen. So that first, that that March first that we were open, it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the following weekend, we had, I had started organizing uh, toy pop up shows because, kind of like I said, I want to be the the collectible store for the collectors. I made up a concept, or not made up a concept, but I adopted a concept of let's have the toy show for the toy guys, the vendors. And so what we did was partnered with local comic shops, which at the time was BSI and Metairie, and then Showcase Comics and Slidell. And basically it was a trade-off. They'd allow us space in the store for, you know, six hours on a Saturday. They would help promote us. We would help promote them. And it worked great. And we rotated the vendors out so the products never got stale. Uh, Although... Selfishly, because I was the one always organizing them, I kind of always stayed in the rotation <laughs> up until the very last one we did. Uh, you know, so and and I'll I'll be the first one to admit I was the one that was trying to make the conversations, get the networking, get people in. So, yeah, I did kind of feel like I deserved a spot at each one. Uh, sure. Well, yeah, that, of course. That makes it sound selfish, or you know, in a bad light. I it, I think it's just it's, better. It's, to be it's just good it. business. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not it's not you, but um, it's just what you have to do. So we had started building up a clientele from that. And then when we opened the shop, we did I did a show and it was the first one. And I was like, look, I have a shop now. I don't need space, but I still want to keep doing this for the other guys that were getting a little bit of extra hit on their income from it. So then I set up a show in the shop to kind of hey, we're open, come see us, and to help draw people in. And we did much better that day. Uh, But then this is a very roundabout way of getting back to your question, how did all of this shutting down and everything affect us? We opened March 1st. Two weeks later, we're watching on the news where this is the very beginning and everybody's being told, you've got to stay home, don't be out on the streets. And very early on, I -hmm. think we as a people – we're doing great. We took it serious. And I can tell you, I saw it by being open that day because it was a ghost town. People were scared. People were home. Uh, it's not like that now, but I think we all know that. But that yeah. first couple of weeks, it was rough going. And so it, I started working on building the clientele online. Uh, there's a Facebook group called Toy Hoarders Anonymous. Uh, I don't know if you guys patronize any toy facebook groups but i would uh, recommend that one i i am a member okay so in toy hoarders anonymous i started you know hey let me just throw up some uh some star wars figures and do a claim sale some three and three quarter because we had a ton so i started throwing some up and people liked it and so then i was like all right we're gonna do another one because i found another tote and then then I started grouping them by series, and then I'm a wrestling fan at heart. So by the fourth or fifth one, I started naming each one like it was a fucking in-your-house pay-per-view. And <laughs> <laughs> trying to uh, 
trying to make a theme. Like I even had a double or nothing where instead. So normally in my claim sales, I was given a 25% discount off sticker price because I was trying to drive business in the double or nothing with stuff that had already been in previous claim sales, but I brought them back around and I took 50% off and you know, it, it, I just made events out of it. And I gained quite a few people that, uh, now still buy from me either coming to the shop or buying online so good that's, that's pretty uh, awesome dude i gotta tell you if it wasn't for that toy hoarders anonymous group um i don't know how y'all feel about plugging different things and stuff on the show sure, but sure. Uh, Go i'm just gonna say like if it wasn't for that group i don't know if we would have made it during the shutdown um and then that carried us through and we were very fortunate again wrestling fan at heart I had someone approach me about a collection he wanted to unload. He'd fallen on some hard times. He's like, I got all this stuff. He, he was going to plan to sell it himself. Uh, and he, I tell you, he had some good stuff. He probably would have sold it all out. But he just got to the point where he didn't have time to deal with it, and he wanted to let it all go. So I was able to pick that up, and thank God that I did because it was like a stimulus for the shop. It was incredible. It was such a great collection. Like I'm indebted to that dude because it was... I mean, 300 boxed wrestling figures. It was Marvel Legends. There's DVDs. It's all kinds of stuff, you know? Wow. And so we wild. were able to unveil that collection in our inventory at the same time as we were able to open back up. And so we had a couple of killer weekends, and it was mostly driven by wrestling figures, which I think a lot of the other guys around here that collect slash double as a seller kind of laugh at me about because they just – they're like, I don't understand why that wrestling sells like that. And I'm like, it's 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 no different than the Marvel Legends fan or the Power Rangers fan or the Star Wars fan. Like, that stuff was huge, man. The, yes. the the wrestling figures. I had the ring. I had the 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 what were they like ten to twelve inch tall kind of rubbery dudes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And used to used to bash like hacksaw Jim Duggan and Junkyard Dog and uh, you know all those guys, man. I, I, the Sergeant Slaughter. I had all those little figurines. I thought those were the coolest things. And the guys I used to, you know, uh, hang around with when we were kids. Uh, I mean, they would buy a couple. We buy. I'd buy a couple, and then we we all oh, yeah. meet at someone's house and have a have like a whole scripted match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, for sure. It was so cool, you know. And it, it was just a way of getting together and enjoying something with somebody else. I mean, it doesn't have to be a solitary thing. You can you can actually get in with other people and there's a whole whole thing you know it's like a it's being part of something which is very cool but yeah wrestling god knows man and it's 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 gone through so many transitions now and now we've got what uh, i don't know if it's the same anymore it seems a little weird uh like you're watching like wrestling nxt and stuff like that and yeah it was um besides the figurines and just wrestling in general uh, it's gotten weird. I was watching, tried to watch a couple of shows when they, when they had everything shut down. There's nothing worse than a wrestling match with nobody in the crowd. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. terrible. That was pretty bad. I tried to watch well, the now, uh, pay-per-view. They, it was bad. They've adopted what AEW did, and they've started bringing out their like, NXT recruits to be the crowd. But still, it's not the same thing. It's mm-hmm. better, you know, but... Sure, but it's it. But the first few ones I watched, it was like, "Oh, we're back. We're gonna be." Re-, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, it's not like the acting, the the vocal acting is that great. It's not about that. It's 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 the cheesiness of the storylines that lure you in, and then the amazement of the acrobats and stuff that I like about it. But you know, the the cheesy dialogue seemed five times as cheesy when there's nobody in the audience. 
There were yeah. so many weird, awkward pauses. And there's no reactions. Like you couldn't, you, you know, you right. couldn't feed off of the uh, audience. So it was like you right. couldn't because get that excitement. It, it was written, you know, probably written out for them and be like, all right, audience responds. And but then there's this awkward pause and no one say anything and you hear like a cricket. And then they continue <laughs> with the speech and I'm like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Do they still? I guess they're still. They have smaller wrestling figurines. They don't make the real big ones anymore, do they? Uh, they run average about six inches in height now. Okay, so they're not as big as they used they, could have been. They did just do a really cool thing. Uh, they com- they like combined wrestling with uh, He Man. And there's like there's like Masters Universe style figures, but they're he- but they're wrestlers. It's very cool. Weird, is it? Yeah, there is. They're they're wrestlers. But designed and sculpted after, like based on the original He-Man sculpts. Yeah, even the, the packaging. He-Man villains. The best. The best dude is in Wave Three. Like yeah. they, so, to give you an idea of the mashups, like they've got Clawful and Sting. Uh, so Sting's got Clawful's like big lobster claws, and then you got uh, John Cena as Faker. John Cena as He-Man and Faker, and uh, Triple H with his skull mask is supposed to basically serve in the place of Skeletor. Right. Undertaker is fucking scared low. How cool is that? Is he really? I didn't that see that. Cool. I haven't seen that one yet. That's the newest wave, and that's I'm about to tell you the best one out of that wave, but before I get to that, wave two also has Rey Mysterio as Stratos, and that's another real nice figure. Ooh. But the one that's killing it right now, wave three, just about to come out, it's many faces, but each one of the faces is a different member of the New Day. Whoa, that's <laughs> fucking cool. Right? And then you've got collectors that are inbox collectors that are trying to find three of them because the face that it displays in the package is random. Uh, okay. That's funny. That's that's actually kind of genius, the genius way of doing that. Yeah. Wow. I, I You that's know, I thought about buying a man just because I'm, I'm a He-Man guy, and I was just kind of like, that's really fucking cool. But then I'm kind of like, Eh, I'm waiting for the new He-Man figures to come out, which they should be hitting the Walmart soon, I guess. Origins, yeah. 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 It's a shame that, that Mattel and Hasbro are giving so much stuff to Walmart. It's yeah, It sucks um, just for the collectors because it's, for me and the capacity that I'm at, it's like watching people struggle and want to help them, but you can't because I can't order that stuff. So it's... They're out there fighting. They're paying those overpriced, yep. you know, eBay prices and stuff. And well, I got so. news for eBay. I'm not paying the overpriced for them. If I can't find them at the store, I'm not going to buy them. You know, um, yeah. But I mean, because I love them, I think they look great. But well, you had you were a member of that that He Man collectors rare collector thing, weren't you? Yeah, I was a Maddie collector member for a long time. I have a bunch of those still. Dude, those are worth some money. Yeah, I have um I have I have wow god, what's what's the uh not the sorceress, the fuck. There was a there was an exclu- no, there was an exclusive one that you can only get if you're a member. And I can't remember what it's fucking called. It's like a um you can't see her face. She's covered in this uh purple looking outfit, but I I'll I'll look it up. I, I can't remember it offhand. But yeah, I saw her for sale recently and she was going for like 400 bucks and i'm going wait a minute that's fucking crazy yeah, yeah dude they that those that, though that line that maddie collector stuff still retains a lot of its value some of the dc stuff 
some of the uh, the Ghostbusters that they did before Hasbro got the license because um, those ones. So it well, it was really it's Hasbro who has it now, and then Select kind of has some of it, and then Select, if we go backwards, was doing bigger seven-inch scale ones for the longest. Uh, but then before that, Mattel was doing the Maddie Collector ones that have the the backdrop with the two death dogs and the triangular clamshell. It's such a beautiful presentation. Now, me, personally, I was always an inbox collector uh, once I got to be an adult just because I had too many toys that I opened, and as soon as I did, they disappointed me. Yeah. And the crappy quality control. My God, the worst thing you can do for anything made from McFarlane in the 90s and early 2000s is open it because something's fucking breaking off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah all, Mc... all my McFarlane stuff's still in the package. McFarlane was, was yeah. definitely a letdown. They were they looked beautiful in the package, but boy, you oh, took I, that shit out, dude. I love oh. the, the goriness of the things. Like the, the I've, My favorite's the uh, the werewolf. Yeah. I love the werewolf set. I love that one. Uh, but yeah, My they favorite were... was always the, uh, the Eric Draven. Yeah, that I'm was up, fucking cool, I'm obsessed too. with the crow. I've yeah. had it a few times. I had one in the shop. That that collection I was telling you guys about, one of them came up in the shop. And, man, I didn't even put a price tag on it. I never put it on the floor. It was behind the counter. And it sat there for a few weeks. And then somebody came in the other day and asked for it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need it. It's time to go. Uh, <laughs> killed so you. What, what would be your holy grail? What would be that one thing? Let's say in the action figure lines, what is that one thing that you, if you would go, uh, I'm going to outbid the other guy for this piece because this is the one I want, or this is the most desirable. What What is that one item that you can think of? Man, that's an excellent question. So I take trades at the store. Uh, mm-hmm. People, almost like Second and Charles does, they bring in some of the toys they don't care for anymore. They don't have any use for anymore. And uh, I was kind of joking with some people on Facebook because somebody was asking me, hey, do you take toys? I heard you do. Yes, I do. Uh, what do you have? I got this, this, this. Bring them in. We'll take a look. You know, I won't instantly say, yeah, I want to inspect them and see it first. And I was like, unless you're bringing in these. And I put a screenshot of there's a series of Big Trouble in Little China figures by a company called N2. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like six-inch carded, not very well articulated. I had to, those. To be 100% honest, they all don't even look great. No, they're pretty crappy. <laughs> yeah, which is why I passed up on them. Uh, but if you look, that whole set of six now sells for like five to $600. Really? Wow. Yeah. Really? Carded. Uh, yeah. And through just networking with other collectors around the area, I've been able to get Lopan and Lightning, but I'm missing the other four, which are Egg Shin, Wang, the Chinese Wild Man, and of course, the main man himself, Jack Burton, uh, which is obviously the most expensive one in the whole wave. And it's crazy that I want it so bad because I have a Jack Burton like Hot Toys style figure, and it looks just like him, and it comes with the little gatekeeper and that's I mean, awesome. it's pretty much that. like for a while there, I would buy anything Big Trouble in Little China because I was hoping that at some point the interest would shift over to like NECA and they'd make some detailed six inch figures again. Uh, so I bought the reaction. I bought the pops. I've been tracking these down, uh, you know. Didn't so NECA, that, that, didn't that, NECA that, make that's your some? movie then, isn't it? 
Oh, yes. Uh, my entire right arm is a tattoo sleeve dedicated to Big Trouble and Little China. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is freaking cool, uh, man. The, the, I, the character I was trying to remember was the Shadow Weaver. Oh, okay. Shadow Weaver. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah she's, she's, she's booking for about 300 bucks right now. Yeah, I sold one in the shop when we first opened. That's I cool, man. One of her, it was a, it was a consignment sale yeah. that somebody else had, and they're like, hey, would you mind selling this? Sure. And yeah. She went for about that much. It was probably a little bit lower than that at the time. It was a couple months ago, I think. Just before all the stimulus money and stuff started going out, I think sold her for like two fifty. Nice. Yeah, I, nice. I had I had that big trouble in little China say, Well, that's my cousin worked on that movie. So I used to try to get the figures of the movies that he was working on at the time. Wow. So he worked on that. And I had uh but that, that went along with my my obsession with all the TV stuff, too, yeah, the, yeah. The TV figures and stuff. That if it was a actor I could see on TV or a movie, I was I wanted to buy it. It was just one of those things, you know. I, I never really collected anything verse wise like Star Wars, like just Star Wars or just this. But when it came to anything, even if it was crappy, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the Chinese corporations would would come out with these knockoff looking crap. You, and look, man, you laugh. You laugh at that that knockoff stuff. Now that knockoff shit is yeah, it's people it's expensive are people now. are killing for that stuff. No, yeah, there's a there's a market like they people make figures. Super Seven does a great job of it with their reactions. They make figures that are deliberately made to look like knockoffs. Yeah, that's a miracle. That is funny. Well, what's uh, 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 Theo? Theo Kane. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's, he's he's got a company too, and I don't know what what it. I forget what toy he works company he works for. Um, but his thing are those 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 knockoffs. That's yeah, what he's he's, a, really he's a, huge for. Yeah, he's a big fan of that. He's a, he's from England. He's a director from England, and uh, he uh, he's a huge like he loves buying knockoff stuff. Um, uh, what's uh, Reese from um, <clears throat> from Funko as well? He he actually has his own toy line, and it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know those things, the Savage Batmans and stuff, the Savage. Yeah, Age? yeah, the Savage World and the Brutal. No, I, I keep wanting to say Brutal Planet, but that's a damn Alice Cooper song. Right, right. Well, <laughs> well, the guy who designed those was on our show, and and he he uh, he said it really sucks that they didn't last long because he really liked you know because it was cool, but yeah. But uh, yeah, he he's a big guy who does uh, likes knockoffs and things like that too. So, but you should be able the to ones. Having a He-Man version of Freddy Krueger was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've been hunting. I want to get the whole set of them. I haven't seen the, like someone selling a set, so I, I hadn't bought them. Like, and all the ones that I went to go buy were all beat the fuck. And I'm not gonna buy. Uh, you know, I'm an in car. I'm a you know inbox guy too. So it's like, eh. man, you got to get to the shop, dude. I got three or four of them there, and the cards are not in bad shape because they're okay. my personal ones. Oh, all right. Look at that! Look at that. see, he's trying to. Suck I know it's. A... I know it's not the full set because I've sold at least one of them. Maybe Pinhead, maybe Michael Myers, but uh, I had a full set, and I want to say I've got for sure three, maybe four left in the shop right now. Okay, and there's only five altogether. But yeah, you know yeah. the ones that the, the the fun knockoffs always were the ones where you would go to like the off ball off the wall place like Ace Hardware or uh, a drugstore for some reason. (laughs) And they had the ones that were such bad knockoffs that you're looking like, I'm I'm just names popping into my head. Like uh, instead of Thundercats, it was lightning rats. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, stuff like that that was just so horrible. Spider Man head on a red ninja's body, like they, they kick bash <laughs> the Power Ranger a Marvel figure. <laughs> I just love you know, that stuff. You know why that is? They go to those trade shows and these people like I like to call that the Save a Lot toy department. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, because that's that's what it is. Save a lot and other companies like that. They go out and they look for something that they can get like nine hundred of for fifty cents a piece. You know, they don't give a shit what it is. They're just, hey, margin, yes, get it, put it in every store. And so then you get a case of like 98 Spider-Man on ninja bodies and 98 as seen on TV spatulas it doubles as a fucking butcher knife or something, you know? Like, it was crazy. I worked at Save a Lot for about a year and a half, and it was crazy some of the stuff that they got in. Uh, it's something about me. Like I said earlier, I've been in retail since I was 16 and I'm knocking on 40 right now. So that should give you an idea how long I've been selling groceries and toys and, uh, clothing and just all this nonsense. Sure. Sure. But and it, it, it's just, uh, you know, but you've got that background. So you, you, you kind of had a, a taste of the business before you, you know, you really got into the business too. how things were going to have to work and, you know, networking and, you know, profit margins and shit like that. You, you, those are things you have to keep in mind. And, yeah. When it comes to you know, my work, when it comes to my shop, um, just when it comes to merchandising in general, uh, again, this probably doesn't paint me in the best light, but there's a little bit of arrogance on my part, and I know it uh, because I've worked in a lot of management roles where I was given a little bit of leeway. And so I, I was constantly tasked with if if you don't like the way it works or it doesn't look right, at least have some alternative. And so if I didn't like a planogram or if I didn't like a layout or whatever, I'd tweak it. I'd make little changes here and there. And now, I, like I said, I went into that shop, and yeah, that first day we weren't ready, but that next weekend we were set up and ready to go, and all the merchandising was just in my head, a blueprint that's constantly changing, because I don't have, I'm not working for a corporation where I've got, you know, the, the store support center is going to send down new planograms and update me on the new, pro- no, I've just got to fucking wing it. <laughs> right. But there's a lot of freedom in that, too. I can wing it, but I can do what I want. You know, that's good. I mean, and it's 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 always people don't realize it's it's hard work working for yourself. You'll never work harder until you work for yourself. Yep, that's true. You're absolutely right. I mean, it is nonstop, twenty four hours a day. It's in your mind. You have to wake up and breathe it and work it all day. If if the shop doesn't open until eight a.m., you're still working from six a.m. to get there. You know, making sure you get the shop early, set stuff up. Yeah, you know, right. you know, we've done business stuff, and and it it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure at times. Uh, just, and I'm sure, especially when you're dealing with inventory, I mean, it's it's pressure just keeping up with inventory, you know, and and trying to put old things in a new light to catch the eye of somebody that came in and might have seen this ten times before, but ooh, now I see it differently. Now I now I want it. You know, yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. Just moving something from the left side of the room to the right can make all the difference. Just sure. people's shopping patterns, people's visual patterns, what they tend to to look at, what what sticks out to them. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that's like merchandising 101. You've got to do that. You've got to keep it fresh because if people walk in and they see the same thing set up the same way every time, mm-hmm. and I start to lose interest. I start to lose that uh, endorphin, you know, because it. 
as a collector, go into a toy store, it releases endorphins. It's it's that kind of feeling. It's like when you go on the aisle and you find a figure you've really been looking for and you just happen to luck on it, you know? Sure. You're fucking yeah. happy the rest of the day. You might as well cartwheel to the damn checkout. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and you want to tell every right. and you want to tell everybody you found it, and everybody's like, "I don't give a fuck," yeah, and, and you're like, exactly. "Fuck you, this is awesome," you know. Oh, yeah. that's so cool, man. Well, I I envy your job because I think that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Travis, before we uh, cut out of here, man, would you tell everybody where they can find your store? Yes. So my store is in Slidell, Louisiana. It is 843 Robert Boulevard. Now, the, the guts of the store are us, Omega Level Toys and Comics. Uh, but the facade, the, the exterior, the sign and everything says showcase comics and collectibles because we are partnered with them. We're, we're operating in their space. Gotcha. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a good partnership. It's synergy. And it, it, we have a good relationship where the other store isn't selling the same thing as me and vice versa. So we kind of don't piss on each other's feet, which is great. Um, can't say enough great things about Showcase Comics and Tim Stoddard just for helping me and, and presenting me with this opportunity to open Omega Level Toys and Comics into a, a brick-and-mortar location, which, you know, depending on how the year was going, you, you're relying on shows, you're relying on online sales, but some people, some collectors still like to walk in and pick up three different figures and look at them and figure out which is the one that they're taking home with them. And yep, that's sure. where we come in. We don't have just one of the rarest figure. We've got a fucking box of them. So you and your boys <laughs> can all get one. Take them home, play, put them on the wall, do whatever you want. I don't give a damn if you take it and sell it. But just get some sort of enjoyment out of it. You know, oh, I know yeah. we're, we're probably getting close to time. Um, like I said, 843 Robert Boulevard. The hours, we are not open on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, forgive me, the hours are a little weird right now. It's so a Wednesday, Thursday. It's 4 to 7. Friday is generally noon to 7. Saturday is noon to 6. Sunday is noon to 4. And I say generally about Friday because my brother has been assisted me, but there's been a couple times where he hasn't been able to. And so we just revert to 4 o'clock on Fridays. But come by, check out the shop. We got, we got something for everybody. Um, if you haven't liked the store page already on Facebook, do that because we're going to be running claim sales on the store page to help supplement the in-store business. And this time of year, I mean, we're just getting hot stuff in over and over again because it's it's the time that stores like Toys R Us and Walmart and things like that would be gearing up for the holidays. And they are. I'm just doing the same thing. Not, sure. Not but Toys but R Us, you, you made a good point, though, because it is – we are – winding through the year and we're getting into that time of year where Christmas may be a little weird. You may, you may want to get something absolutely special, something particular for that, for that guy or girl collector that, you know, um, uh, and you didn't know where to look. Now you got a place to go. You go check them out, find out what they like, you know, like, you know, and, and of course, if you, if you find the rest of the, uh, big trouble, little China in your, in your back room, uh, go over to the store and tell them you've got it. And, uh, I'm sure he wants it. I absolutely do. <laughs> so uh, before we do this, before we get out of here, man, you make sure you give them uh, do you have like a website they can go look at or is it strictly Facebook? 
So we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, we have a website that is uh, www.omegaleveltoys.square okay. site or square dot site. That's okay, um, square square store. Okay, yeah, it's a square store. Um, the online one, uh, since we got the brick and mortar, we have really dropped the ball on that online website. We have not updated the inventory because there's constantly stuff coming into the store. Mm. And so the workload is where I'm trying to do it. Mostly myself, my girlfriend's a huge help. And then, like I said, my brother. Uh, But I just haven't got to that sweet spot yet where we're operating on all cylinders. So the website has kind of taken a backseat. But the Facebook is where all my new product gets pictured and, and announced first. And if it's a limited availability, you've always got the option to just shoot me a message. Hey, I want it. I will PayPal you now. You PayPal me, <clears throat> and I've, I know I've got the money. I'll hold the stuff for you till the end of time if I have to. Um, <clears throat> I just hate holding stuff for somebody, and there's other people that want it, and then that person never comes through. But if you pay for it up front, doesn't matter if it's limited or not. I can hold it for you. It's first come, first serve when it comes to that. And then we, I need to get better at Instagram too. Uh, I've just, I guess, like I said, approaching 40. So Facebook is what I know. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you guys walking me through Skype. <laughs> no problem. No so, problem. <laughs> you know, uh, the Facebook is like ground zero. Uh, it's so easy for me to navigate between my own and, and that one. And so, I can just blast like, hey, look what walked into the shop. Look at what we got. Oh, I'm bored. I opened some wrestlers and had an impromptu match. Booker T is now the world champion. Woo, you know? <laughs> That's basically what I use Instagram for, is stupid pictures. But Facebook is where all the, the hot stuff drops. And, Good. and we've also, I'm an admin in the NOLA Gulf South Figure Fanatics group. And if you guys aren't in that group, I am. Guys, listen, I know Wayne is. Um, you need to get in that group because that's that's a huge network of the guys that are out here, and it stretches from Lafayette all the way to you know the coast of Mississippi and things like that. We got a lot of guys in there, and if you if you're looking for something, chances are one of them is going to be able to help you find it. If you need something customized, there's a guy in there for that. If you just want to know some knowledge about a specific figure. There's a guy in there that does that. And if you're looking to get rid of a collection, there's a ton of fucking guys in there that are waiting for that message. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> well, dude, look, thank you so much for jumping on here with us, man. It was fun to have you. And, uh, we need to do this again. Yes, I agree. I, I'm very thankful to you guys for giving me this opportunity and giving me this platform to be able to talk about, uh, my little toy store and, and what I love to do and, you know, have a little bit of therapy, get out those high school stories. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. Well, it's, it, it's good to have a, a vulnerable def- side of Omega level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's good to see a guy whose dreams come true. So that's, yep. that's a good, uh, happy for everybody out there right now. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my dream is to, like I said, be that collectible destination for the collectors so as long as people keep buying i will stick in it hell yeah looks looks like it's working out buddy hope hopefully we keep pushing and you know get you get you get you get you built up even bigger so uh that's the plan well guys that was our show i hope you liked it go out there and check out travis's shop and uh go to the go to the facebook and go buy some stuff man get some cool shit i know and if you're not collecting something think about it and start collecting it. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Do it. 
Don't be a come bitch. Get you, come get you an agnostic front reaction figure. I promise you can't find that shit anywhere else. Right? That's right. I know you can't because I've been your, looking. Start investing in the in the pop culture future. That's right. Do it now. There you go. Uh, anyway, guys, that was your host, Wayne. And I'm the rum guy. And uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it, keep it, keep it. Metal! Metal! Travis. I'm Brody. Steve F. We're Pete. <laughs> and you're listening to the Metal Hand of God. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we're shitty at promo. Oh, no. Okay, then. That's it. Get the fuck